Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning back in to another episode of the podcast. It is greatly appreciated. Make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms, Tea Time Reports on Instagram, TikTok, Threads, X slash Twitter. Check out the website, teatimereports.com, um, as well as our YouTube channel, Tea Time Reports. All the support is greatly appreciated. Getting into the content of this episode, um, a big draft, the, the the super draft, if you will, is what everyone's kind of calling it, if that's what it's deemed. Um, but the 2024 UFL season uh, obviously is coming up, and they just had their second draft. They had their dispersal draft uh, late December, and then which we covered. Check that episode out for sure, as well as the YouTube. I post the well certain episodes on there. They have their own playlist regarding the uh, genre or the topic of discussion. Um, but moving forward here, getting into some of the picks, well, I'll go over all the picks and some of the big names um, in this 13-round draft. And a lot of people are going to question why some teams weren't drafting after round six, mainly because they had the option to explore the draft and draft guys eligible or not protected under contract or bring some of their guys back, or they can test the waters in free agency, which kicks off. Right now, I'm recording this at a little past 11 p.m. at night on the 15th, What the same day of the draft, but free agency starts at midnight on the 16th, so you know 12 a.m. in a sense. Um, so in about 50 minutes, we'll see probably some tweets coming out, but uh, I just want to go over some of the big names in free agency as well, but I'll do that after I talk about all the picks. But getting into the first round of the 2024 Super Draft for the UFL's 2024 inaugural season, um, the first overall pick was quarterback Quinton Dormandy. He played with the Orlando Guardians, had a good little stint there. Um, second pick was center Jared Thomas. Uh, the Memphis Showboats picked him. The third pick was the Houston Roughnecks picking up uh, running back Ezra Gray, a guy that's played. Uh, he played on the New Orleans Breakers in 2022 and then played for the Showboats in 2023. Uh, that's a good running back addition for the Houston Roughnecks. The St. Louis Battlehawks pick up safety uh, Drayvon Askew-Henry, a guy who's just been electric for the New Jersey Generals for two years, a big part of that secondary, a big part of that defensive unit. Um, The Michigan Panthers selected defensive back Nate Brooks, a guy that put in two great years with the Birmingham Stallions, had offseason stints with the Browns and the 49ers, so a really good addition for them. Uh, The D.C. defenders selected quarterback Jalen McClendon, really good pickup for them, a guy with a lot of upside. Um, Jordan Te'amu has made no uh, indication of returning, so they definitely need to bolster that quarterback roster there in D.C. The Arlington Renegades selected tight end Jared Scott from the New Orleans Breakers, a guy that's a really predominantly blocking tight end, a really good uh, tight end in the run game, and a guy that can be a, a force if he gets the ball in his hands. Um, and then the Birmingham Stallions selected offensive lineman Larnell Coleman with the final pick of the first round. Uh, really good first round for every team. Um, and I'll go over who I think won the draft as well after. Um, the second round consisted of um, the San Antonio Brahmas, who didn't, uh, who picked up Quentin Dormandy with the first overall pick. Uh, they picked up the first pick in the second round, defensive tackle Trey Botts. Um, Memphis picked up punter Matt White from the Breakers. Great two seasons with them. The Roughnecks picked up defensive tackle Glenn Logan. Um, St. Louis Battlehawks picked up linebacker Chris Garrett. The Michigan Panthers selected safety Will Adams. 
Um, the D.C. defenders picked up a wide receiver, Chris Rowland, a guy that spent two seasons with the Philadelphia Stars, an electric, versatile, really fast player, uh, get the ball in his hands, and he's going to send some people uh, into different dimensions. He will break ankles. Um, the Arlington Renegades selected wide receiver Calvin Jackson, a guy they brought back. Good for them. Uh, the Birmingham Stallions selected safety Elijah Holder, a guy that put in two good years with the Houston Gamblers. Uh, really excited to see him on that defense. They really bolstered that defensive backfield um, this draft for sure, but overall in the offseason thus far. Moving into the third round, the San Antonio Brahmas selected offensive tackle B.J. Wilson. Uh, the Memphis Showboats selected safety Christian McFarland, a guy that put in two phenomenal years with the Birmingham Stallions, two championships with them. He, he is a force at that safety position, a hard hitter, really high IQ ball player. Excited to see him on the Showboats. I really am. Um, the Houston Roughnecks selected kicker Luis Aguilar, a phenomenal kicker for the Philadelphia Stars the last two years. Really just a special player, and a lot of these teams solidified their special teams unit in this draft. Um, Moving on to the St. Louis Battlehawks, they selected safety Cameron Kelly. The Michigan Panthers selected offensive tackle Eric Obege, who they brought back. He was with them for two years. Um, And you're wondering why are they drafting their own players? It's because some of their certain players were not protected under contract, so they either had to draft them now or take the risk of them signing elsewhere in free agency and maybe hopefully getting them. Uh, The D.C. Defenders selected defensive tackle T.J. Barnes, a guy that played for the Arlington Renegades last year. The Arlington Renegades selected cornerback Nasir Greer. Uh, I believe he played for Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. The Birmingham Stallions brought back quarterback Jalen Morton, a guy that was electric um, in college and didn't play much last year, had a couple drives here and there, um, but a guy that they definitely want to bring back to continue that consistency as well as just overall maintain the chemistry uh, on the roster. And he's a guy that Skip Holtz clearly trusts and a guy that I'm going to trust if Skip Holtz trusts. So definitely a good pickup for them. Uh, To go over the fourth round here of the Super Draft, the San Antonio Brahmas selected defensive back Chris Steele. The Memphis Showboats selected outside linebacker Max Roberts. The Houston Roughnecks selected offensive tackle Norman Price. The St. Louis Battlehawks selected John Daka, linebacker. The Michigan Panthers brought back their kicker Cole Murphy. One of the best kickers in spring football for sure. Definitely deserves to be getting some shots in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, the D.C. Defenders selected offensive tackle Chidi Okiki. The Arlington Renegades selected linebacker B.J. Bello, a guy that's seen NFL active starting time. The Birmingham Stallions selected defensive back Terrell Bonds, a guy that put in two phenomenal years with the Pittsburgh Maulers. Really excited for them. Uh, to bring in some of those Maulers players as they've done all season because that defense was just great. you got to bring in that personnel. To go over the fifth round of the Super Draft, the San Antonio Brahma selected offensive tackle Deron Parker. The Memphis Showboats selected wide receiver Lee Morris, who put in two great years with the New Orleans Breakers, a guy that's a touchdown machine and a very physical route runner. Um, the Houston Roughnecks selected long snapper Logan Klusman from the New Orleans Breakers, two seasons with them. Like I said, a lot of these teams bolstered their special teams unit to make sure that they solidified and kind of verified that that unit won't be presenting issues. Um, the St. Louis Battlehawks selected offensive lineman Abdul Beckham. The Michigan Panthers selected punter Kyle Kramer. They brought him back for, uh, for a third season, which was great. He's a good punter. The D.C. Defenders selected offensive tackle Adonis Boone. The Arlington Renegades selected 
Jawan Mangio, which is a really good selection. He's very versatile, a really exciting player. The Birmingham Stallions brought back long snapper Ryan Langan, a guy that they've had in the building for two years, and he's just going to continue to bring that that consistency, if you will. Uh, in round six of the UFL Super Draft, the San Antonio Brahmas selected wide receiver KD Cannon. The Memphis Showboats brought in offensive tackle Salisi Uha. U- Tafe, excuse me if I butchered that last name. The Houston uh, the Houston Roughnecks, excuse me, brought in wide receiver Gene Coleman II. The St. Louis Battlehawks brought in defensive tackle Mandy Alonzo. The Michigan Panthers brought in defensive end Ventrell McMillan. The DC Defenders brought in running back Puka Williams. The Arlington Renegades did not select. Birmingham Stallions brought in defensive back Madre Harper, who's going to be an immediate impact player for them for sure. A really, really uh, physical player, as well as, again, high IQ. Skip Holtz knows how to pick his defensive players, that's for sure. Round 7 recap for the UFL Super Draft consists of the San Antonio Brahmas selecting wide receiver Landon Akers, the Memphis Showboats picking up cornerback Will Likely, who put in two great seasons with the Houston Gamblers. Uh, the Houston Roughnecks did not select. The St. Louis Battlehawks selected offensive guard Khalil McKenzie. The Michigan Panthers did not select. The D.C. Defenders brought in cornerback Nidare Rose. Um, the Arlington Renegades did not select. The Birmingham Stallions brought back Bo Scarborough. In round 8, the San Antonio Brahmas selected safety A.J. Hendy. The Memphis Showboats brought in wide receiver Damian Willis. The St. Louis Battlehawks brought in offensive guard Christian Olmstead. The D.C. Defenders brought in wide receiver C.J. Johnson. And the Birmingham Stallions brought in offensive tackle Jameer Ross Johnson. All other teams did not select. In round 9, the San Antonio Brahmas brought in offensive tackle John Yarborough. The Memphis Showboats brought in long snapper Turner Bernard. The D.C. defenders picked up defensive lineman and legend of the USFL, Boogie Roberts. A guy that's electric, a leader, and overall just a great player. He... he Got so much better from year one in the USFL to year two. I just can't imagine how much better he's going to be in this season. A guy that will be a household name of the UFL. Uh, The Birmingham Stallions brought back running back Zoquandre White, a guy that was very electric for them last year and a huge reason they won the championship. Um, In round 10, the San Antonio Brahmas selected wide receiver Cody Crest. The Memphis Showboats brought in cornerback Ty Smith from the Orlando Guardians. The D.C. Defenders brought in linebacker Anthony Hines. The, Bur- the Birmingham Stallions brought back fullback Bobby Hawley. He's like a fullback slash tight end slash fucking pulling tight end. Or he's, he's just an all-around versatile player that is great in pass and run um, protection. You know, he's a guy that is a good blocker, and he made one hell of a catch in the first season, like a really acrobatic, like over-the-top uh, catch, and just a guy of... Thoroughly enjoyed watching play for the Birmingham Stallions. In round 11, the Memphis Showboats brought in kicker Matt Coughlin. The D.C. Defenders brought in running back Tabius Taylor. The Birmingham Stallions brought back wide receiver Myron Mitchell, which he played with them in Season 1 of the USFL, and then he went to the Showboats last year, and now he's back with Skip Holtz, a guy that is a really good 50-50, you know, catch guy, and can he make those acrobatic catches, and he's good yak-wise. I mean, he'll get yards after the catch. 
In round 12, only two teams drafted. The Showboats brought in Antonio Brooks, and the uh, D.C. Defenders brought in Enrique Yeni Romero. Um, And then in round 13, the Showboats brought in Michael Stevens. And then in round 14, the Showboats brought in Willie Henry. So, like I said, not all the teams drafted in every round after a certain point because obviously they want to save some of their roster availability for the free agency market, which there's going to be a ton of big names in free agency, and we can go over that really fast. But before we go over the free agency potential in the next couple overall weeks until the season, which I think it's less than 70 days until it kicks off on March 30th, with the Arlington Renegades and the Birmingham Stallions, which is a great opener game for sure. But some of the big undrafted um, and just overall free agents right now, going positionally, the quarterbacks, two big names is quarterback Brandon Silvers and Troy Williams. Running back-wise, Reggie Corbin and Trey Williams. Wide receiver-wise, Jeff Bidette, Bailey Gaither, and Cam Echoes-Looper. Tight end, Kerry Angeline and Matt Seibert. Offensive tackle Micah Vanderpool and Leon Johnson. Offensive guard Jordan Steckler and Denzel Okafor. Center Matthew Burrell Jr. Defensive line-wise Justice Reed, Camilo uh, Tungamoa, Malcolm Howard, and Savion Williams. Linebacker-wise Dijon Hines, Terrence Plummer, Tigray Scales. Cornerback-wise Ranthony Texta, Brian Allen, Jamal Brooks, Safety-wise, Paris Ford and Malcolm Elmore. Those are some big names. There's obviously a lot of more guys, a lot more guys looking for that spot and looking to get picked up. But those are some big names that I saw that weren't picked up or selected in the dispersal draft, nor were they picked up in the offseason so far, nor were they picked up in the super draft that just occurred. So those guys definitely deserve a shot. Um, But who do I think won the Super Draft? I think the Memphis Showboats, the Houston Roughnecks, and the Michigan Panthers won this draft. The Birmingham Stallions are the team to beat for sure, but in terms of improvement and growth, I believe those three teams I just named got in really good players that are going to immediately improve the units that they're designated to and the positions that they play. I think the level of competition and quality of talent in this league is is awesome. You know, it's actually really good. Both teams, both leagues combined with the best of their talent, best of their players, best of their coaches. It's going to be something special to watch, and it'll definitely be a lot closer than we think. Um, but, you know, that's just going forward. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're definitely going to be covering the free agency market um, to the best of our ability, making sure that all player acquisitions and signings before the season are covered uh, and at least discussed because this is going to be a huge UFL um, you know, kind of segment and, and it's going to be a part of the podcast. It's going to be a part of our coverage and it's going to be huge in terms of hopefully we can get you know, maybe to some games this year, maybe that there's a possibility to maybe even you know, get an interview with a player um, I was able to speak to Vinny Papali this offseason, um, able to you know text and message Darius Victor, Mark Thompson, Isaiah Henney, uh, Levante Taylor, a lot of guys that are just genuinely G's and just wish them the best for sure in this upcoming season. But I just want everyone out there to realize that we're going to have a ton of UFL coverage um, and just, you know, overall, it should be a fun experience, um, especially after covering the USFL Every game for two years, uh, now going into the UFL. It's going to be a new animal. It's going to be a new thing, but uh, 
I really do hope that it's going to be high quality football and it's going to be good football. I, I hope that that's still the one thing that's going to be brought from the USL, USFL at least. Um, but, you know, another big thing that I really wanted to talk about real quick before I wrap this episode up is the the apparent raise to players. And I know that, you know, around 70K is the average, you know, for 10 weeks, pretty much 10. And if your team gets to the playoffs, I'm sure there's incentivized pay in postseason. But, um, you know, giving players only damn near a few hundred dollars extra this year than the last years for both leagues, it's a little concerning. Um, but I would like to see the player union step up and, and get their guys what they deserve. Um, but that was a big thing that I was a little shocked to hear about J.M.R. Smith and Marlon Williams and uh, Levante Taylor and a lot of guys were talking about it on Twitter earlier. And, I, you know, I just respectfully, you know, you got to say something about it if you have any kind of platform. I don't want to sh- like hide behind that fact that, you know, these guys are clearly not happy with the pay and they're the players. They're the most important part of the league you got to make sure that they're getting paid properly and that they're actually satisfied as employees of this corporation. And that's a big thing that they need to tackle and discuss, maybe even have a little bit of an announcement or something like that. But I would like to see uh, some more coverage on that in general from all spring football fans. I mean, you got to stand up for what you love, and especially for these guys out there putting their bodies on the line. They should at least be getting what CFL players get, at least that, maybe more. You know, because it's a little more demanding. American football is demanding. I mean, you don't have the three downs. You don't have to, you know, play a little more of a fancy game up there in Canada, which grantfully, grant, granted, they are still making contact. It's still a physical sport, but American football, obviously, we should be able to pay our players more than the Canadian Football League. And I hope that's something that's in the, in the cards, um, if not this year, then next year, because I, I do believe this brand will take off and it will hit a home run or a grand slam, if you will, this season. Um, getting both fandoms from both leagues connected, working together to grow the league, to grow spring football. That's the recipe for success. It's the recipe for good marketing. Uh, and let's just see if the quality of ball and the quality of talent is going to live up to the hype. And I really do hope that a lot of the guys I named in going into the free agency pool um, do get picked up or at least stay on the teams that they're on now. Um, but, you know, I just really do hope that a lot of the guys that I watched in the USFL for two years, I know a good portion of them are in this new entity, in this new league. But, um, you know, the guys that, you know, kind of got lost in the shuffle on the teams that got folded or maybe they just got traded to a team that got folded, I would like that to be, you know, kind of fixed up a little bit. Like Cam Echoes Looper, a guy that just got traded to the fucking, and yet he signed with the Breakers before they folded. And that's an electric return man, a really good wide receiver, great speed, great hands, a really good route runner, and a, honestly, a, a, a field flipper. He, he needs to be on a team. There's so many guys that need to be on a team. Troy Williams deserves to be on a team. A, a guy that showed a lot of promise last year with a dormant offense, but he was a reason why they were in the championship as well as their defense. But uh, it's going to be exciting to see what free agency has in store for us for sure. But at the same time, I just want to make sure that no one gets missed so I'm going to be doing my due diligence as a fan of football and as someone that's in the media game uh, and trying to cover as much as I can regarding all sports. And I'm going to do my due diligence to cover what needs to be covered. Uh, and we're going to shout out who needs to be shout out and you know get that spotlight or at least the spotlight that we can provide on people and players and teams and coaches and organizations that deserve it. So that's just something that's important to me. And I hope that a lot of those guys are able to find success and 
find their way back into the UFL and, uh, you know, let's go to the USFL conference, you know. <laughs> I will be a USFL fan for sure, a USFL conference fan. But um, in terms of what team might be my favorite and might get a little bit, uh, maybe their own series during the season, um, it might have to be the uh, the Houston Roughnecks or the Birmingham Stallions or just one of the USFL teams, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just has to be. I've been covering the USFL for two years, and I know I know all the guys, bro. I know all the players and the coaches, the the whole gist of that. But the XFL, I'll have to learn to enjoy it, learn to love it, learn to also enjoy the, uh, the competition between two conferences. And pretty much, I like how they made that like a league thing, you know what I'm saying? Like the USFL conference, then the XFL conference. So, let's see which one's going to be the champion. I like that. That was actually clever. It was a good ploy to satisfy fans of both leagues, um, but I just want the UFL brand to to be able to take helm uh, and, and be in command for sure, um, and I think it will be. But uh, everyone out there, thank you so much for this uh, for tuning into this episode of the Super Draft for the 2024 UFL season. Uh, it's greatly appreciated for all the support. Hopefully you guys learned something and maybe found out. Oh shit, my you know one of your players or one of the guys you enjoy watching play got picked up. But uh, stay tuned in for free agency coverage for sure on the league and definitely during the season we're gonna have a whole season coverage bit and uh, maybe a particular team coverage episodes as well. But we'll get into that. We'll break that down. We'll uh, we'll you know spaz it up and you know get it you know, looking good and sounding good for everyone out there and especially to all the UFL fans. But uh, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. This is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you. We greatly appreciate all the support to every, to anyone out there listening to, to these episodes in general. If you're not a fan of this, maybe you're a fan of the movies, the music, the NFL, UFL, the AC Milan episodes, um, what, whatever, you know, and hopefully we'll, uh, you know, grow into and expand into maybe something you do enjoy more. So if you have any constructive criticism, feel free to reach out to us. Or if you want to hop on the podcast or the YouTube or anything like that and work with us, it'd be awesome. You know, just shoot us a text and, uh, we, we will definitely reply, but this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. And thank you so much for tuning into the UFL coverage of the super draft. It was definitely fun, uh, you know, kind of finding out who was getting drafted today while the playoff games were on and uh, definitely something something worth to look out for you know especially uh, coming up this spring because the NFL is coming to an end and all, all all of us football fans out there you know kind of get that that you know empty stomach feeling during the summer and springtime so now hopefully to everyone out there listening to all NFL fans or just American football fans in general you'll have something to look forward to but this is Trevor take care Peace.